Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and ZZ Top with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be rainy today with a high of 47. I uh, didn't see any ice out there like I was told. Maybe that happened somewhere else. I don't know. But uh, tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 52. 37 right now in downtown Springfield. If you happen to be listening on the podcast, like later on today, uh-huh. it's uh, brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. Yeah. And uh, we got today Scott Zolak. He's about to go to Germany. I wonder if he's packed to go all the way out there, more than 3,000 miles away, to get back in a plane after losing another game. I don't. He's prepared I, for that. I don't really understand these international trips. What good does that do anybody? We can ask him that. Oh, yeah. We yeah. should definitely ask him that. Yeah. Try not to talk too much about football because, frankly, it's depressing and, and distressing. Well, no. I was going to be uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, all the, you know, uh, hey, have you, are you going to go to the place where they filmed Willy Wonka? You know, like, uh, you know, ask him things about Germany. You yeah. Know? Like, hey, do you have any bratwurst today? Uh, do you have any big giant beers out of a giant mug? Or a boot. Yeah, or a boot. You got to yeah. know how to, you got to know how to. Jimmy the boot the right way, and yeah. so you don't get a face full of beer. Did you did you eat one of them schnitzels? Are you watching some of that uh, adult stuff in the hotel at night? The ooh ah ooh ah They do have the best adult entertainment. They do, don't they? Uh so we'll be talking to him a little bit later on. It's five thirty-seven on Rock One Hundred Two. Rock One Hundred Two. Do big name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford in Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lug Nuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Springfield Classic Rockets, 551. And Journey with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 47. Uh, could see some rain showers, and then that tapers off by this afternoon. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 52. 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Name two people that you would never would have thought would have hooked up or gotten together. Uh, uh, Sonya Bagdaddy. Mm-hmm. And you. Yeah, okay. That would be a perfect would example. Would never have thought perfect, that in a million years. Perfect example of that. How about Kevin Costner and Reese Witherspoon? No, I wouldn't have seen that either. He's doing some Reese Witherspooning right I now. I bet you he know is. What I'm right. Yeah. Uh, two uh, recently single celebrities are doing the hookup. Never thought that would happen. A Isn't webs- he old enough to be her father? Yes, he's 68 and she's 47. So they're yeah. only 20 years apart. So I guess it's really not that bad. But uh, I don't know. She could have done better than that, I would have thought. I mean, talking, Kevin Costner's a perfectly handsome fella. Well, yes, for a 68-year-old man. We should all look that good at 60. I don't look that good at 57. You know, they, but they probably don't look that good. 
You know, we only see them on television when they're all makeup up and dolled up. Yeah. You see Kevin... Co- you know, I bet you when Kevin Costner gets out of bed in the morning, he's got his hand down his crotch and he's, you know, scratching himself. And yeah, but on the other hand, and, think about how old dreamy he would yeah. look if he woke up wearing your shirts. Yeah, actually, that wouldn't be bad. And they'd be huge on him, too. Of course they not, would. He's not, like, big-framed like I am. Right. He's Ooh, rather slight. Ooh, it's like a hot moo-moo dress on Kevin Costner wearing my Rock 102 shirt around the house. All right. Yeah, but then you'd have Costner constantly asking, hey, when can I get one of those uh, hockey jerseys for the Mayflower Marathon? He's like, hold on, Kevin. We're just you know, we're just starting into this relationship. Yeah, you got to cough up 20 bucks for that anyway. If you pay me, it will come. Oh, much I, see, like, like I see what you did there. Much like the other thing that's going to go on here right now. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He uh, he didn't count on finding her absolutely charming as hell. This is according to a friend of theirs. They've been calling and texting on the pretense of finding the perfect script, but it's becoming almost a daily occurrence. Uh, both Kevin and Reese ended their uh, second marriages this year. Mm. Again, he's 68. She's 47. Good luck to both of them. Yeah, you know, if you ever find yourself uh, like wanting to meet a Reese, uh, a Reese Witherspoon, yeah, do the same thing. I want to run a couple script ideas past you. Yeah, I just see wanna, if that opens the door for you. I just want to talk about scripts with you. I got a thirty-five thousand page manifesto. I think can be pared down to a screen a screenplay. You know what? You just kind of you know how you you say something sometimes that just clicks this old memory that <laughs> pops up in my head, and I remember uh, knowing someone who had an internship uh, with a with a with a broadcasting company. Yeah, and uh, there was a very famous broadcaster on there who was helping this young lady who was a friend of mine. Uh, get an internship and then uh, hook up with other like connections this person had in the business. Okay. And as he's leaving her the voicemail of this whole thing, it suddenly takes a dark turn and he starts telling all the things that he would like to do to my friend. Ah, yes. And uh, to which I told my friend, you know, you could have owned that place if you had just taken that to the proper authorities. And done that. And she didn't, did she? Never did. But it's he was bad. he was a much older guy. She was only in her twenties. Mm-hmm. And uh he was he was using that to take advantage. I just want to run some stuff by you. Why don't you come over to my house later and we'll talk about the contacts I can hook you up with. And I'll run some stuff by you. Yeah. There was some wither spooning going on there, I bet. I think I know who you're talking about, and I will not mention his name. No, no, I I, I don't wanna I uh, maybe I said too much. Maybe. I don't know. Hey, I uh, don't know. The actor strike is finally over. Maybe. Possibly. Could be. I don't know. It depends. But after 118 days, SAG-AFTRA approved a proposal from the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. The deal still has to be voted on tomorrow by the union's national board, but it's expected to pass. Would it be crazy if you found out they've agreed to terms, but yeah. nobody wrote the terms down? Because they're all on strike from writing. Right. Think about that, huh? Like See what that. I'm going with? Yeah. Yeah. There's no word on the uh, details of the deal, but the producers say it gives union members, quote, the largest increase in minimum wages in the last 40 years, a brand new residual for streaming programs. 
extensive uh, consent and compensation protections in the use of artificial intelligence and sizable contract increases on items across the board. Yeah, we increased your uh, we increased your pay, but your health insurance is going to go up like three times as much. So hope you don't mind. Yeah, that'll it'll all work out. Just it'll get writing. Don't don't get sick. Don't think about being sick. Yeah, don't. don't we don't want you to get sick. We want you to work uh, as hard as you possibly can, and then we'll not pay you uh, yes. what you're what you're deserved. Please get back to work so we can support our million dollar cocaine habits. Yeah, those movie executives don't like to give up that cocaine. No, they don't. No, they don't. Good nod, no. Uh, Holly Madison. Not Dolly Madison. The one with the cakes? No, no, no. That's the ice cream girl. That was Ah. Dolly Madison, too, wasn't it? Uh, Anyway, by now we have all the evidence so we need that the Playboy Mansion was a pretty nasty place. But if you need more, here's some for you. Staying thin was obviously a huge priority for the ladies of the mansion, to the point that body dysmorphia and eating disorders were very common. On the new episode of Call Her Daddy podcast, Holly Madison says that so many women were refunding, as they put it in Seinfeld, refunding the meal at the mansion that the uh, bathroom pipes actually had to be replaced. Really? Because of all the acid in the stomach. God, can you imagine me and that plumber? Yeah. I know, right? Oh, wait. I bet you he was working on a seven-inch gangly uh, wrench uh, referring to the Kinsley manual. And he said, you can't use a seven-inch gangly wrench on a 12-inch sprocket. It says sprocket, not sprocket. (laughs) Are those plumbers here? Yeah, not not today. Somebody stopped me yesterday and thought that I came up with that joke. And I was like, no, that... (laughs) He's like, that joke was great that you told. And I said, that was an old Steve Martin joke from like one of- 1975. The, the one of two comedy albums that he came out with. Oh my God. Uh, all right. So Kim Kardashian was seen with a glistening chest in a crystal top. Really? Yeah. She must have something to say. Oh my God. The last time my chest was glistening was when Ray J Swiss cheesed up the chest charcuterie in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. Is there anybody serving on the menu the chest charcuterie? With lots of creamy Swiss. <laughs> Caitlin? Well, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but uh, I once uh, dr- I once whipped up a batch of South End lemonade. <laughs> I bled the weasel on the Punani pavement. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is she caught a little cheese beanie with... What? She caught a little cheese beanie while tongue-digging in the aardvark's nose. <laughs> I'm not cut down there is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It's like going to a picnic with that chick from, uh, what was Renee Zellweger? That's what it was. And that's your Hollywood trash from Rock 102. I, uh... Medicare beneficiaries. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, this Sunday, the Patriots are going to be playing the Indianapolis Colts in Frankfurt, Germany, exactly 3,689 miles away. And while I assume that most of you will not be making the seven-hour flight, everybody in the team most certainly will. Well, everybody except cornerback J.C. Jackson. He's just been told to be staying home after questions arose about his apparent reliability. According to reports, 
J.C. Jackson will not be making the trip to Germany this weekend after he allegedly showed up late to the team's hotel last Saturday in Miami. You see, the team operates on a curfew system in which all players must be checked into their hotel by a certain time. J.C. Jackson chose to ignore this rule, despite the same rule being applied to every road trip the dude's ever been on since he was drafted by the Patriots in 2018. I'm also quite sure that the same rule applied to Jackson when he signed that $82 million free agent contract with the Chargers last year. But now that he's back with the Patriots, you might think that the team would still be operating under the same set of rules from just five years ago. And as it turns out, they do. Why was he out so late? Who's to say? All I can tell you is that when a young 27-year-old man is out and about, it's almost too easy to lose track of time, especially in a city like Miami where there's all kinds of trouble waiting to happen. So the question then becomes, what sort of trouble could J.C. Jackson find himself into a, 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 in a rich financial capital of the European Union with its historic architecture and vibrant nightlife? As it turns out, the Patriots believe there must be plenty of trouble that a guy like this can get into. And so, after packing his luggage, choosing his outfits, grabbing enough underwear, preparing for the long layover in Austria, and making sure to pack a toothbrush, J.C. Jackson is going to miss the trip. Now... I know what would happen if I suddenly had a couple of days out of work. I'd be busy trolling back and forth on Route 1 in Foxborough to see what kind of trouble I could find. Maybe I'll get drunk at a Texas roadhouse. Maybe I'll cause problems at a package store. Or maybe I'll just sit around and catch up on some of my favorite housewives on Bravo. Either way, he's certainly not going to go to Germany to lose another football game. And in a way, they might have just done him a favor. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Ever been to, ever met the new paint person at the Agawam Rockies? Lissa just completed her training and she is eager to help you with your painting project. Good people like Lissa and rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back, set to my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 613 in Led Zeppelin. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is going to be, uh, well, some rain is tapering off right now and in a high of 47 with clouds today. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 52. It is 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Zolak will be joining us after 8 o'clock. I'm pretty sure we're going to try to avoid talking about as much football as possible. Uh, yeah, probably, because, uh, you know, what, what's the point? <laughs> Who wants to talk about Patriots right now? Uh, that's why we're going to talk about fruitcake right now, because I, I was thinking about Yesterday you asked me, isn't there anything that you we we got into talking about fruitcake because Sunmade, the people that made the fruit, were doing this marketing campaign going, We don't want our fruit and fruitcakes anymore. Yeah, it's a big phony ripoff. That's like the hot dog guy coming out and saying, You shouldn't put ketchup on your hot dog unless you're an eight year old. You know, it's the it's the way to market it market something and get people talking about right. it. Right. Well now we're talking about it. You said that you really like fruitcake. I do. And then you asked me, is there anything that you like that other people would find disgusting? And I thought about this, and I've come up with an answer. What's yes. your answer? It's the buffalo chicken roller bite from Cumberland Farms. <laughs> it's disgusting. But for some reason, I feel the need every once in a while to grab one of those things. Well, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to put in your mouth. Well, well, I'm well, the shape, A, yeah. and B, it's got this weird, like, chicken-like flavor no uh, okay. it look you know it's it, you can tell when you bite into it that that's not how it there's no part on a chicken that looks exactly cylindrical like that with breading on the outside you don't think so i mean no. it's not maybe some extruded meat product no 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 this isn't from a rooster this is from a chicken supposedly 
and it's like, and you can tell, like, when you bite into it, you can see it's like, it looks almost like a sponge. Yeah. You know, if you took a, like, a, a dish sponge apart. Well, do you like it? Sometimes I do, but sometimes I'm just getting it for, like, a salty, like, yeah. boost and a, with a little spice to it. And, yes, I know I could have any number of other things that, that would cover that, but this in particular... It's hot. It's if, right there. If you know that it's a hit or miss uh, proposition when you get one of these buffalo chicken roller yeah. bites from a Cumberland Farms, um, that would suggest to me that maybe you shouldn't be buying them. No, if you're not but satisfied again, with it's them, one, it's one of those things where it's not all the time, but it's like every once in a while you get there in an afternoon. You haven't had dinner yet. Yeah. It's been been a while since lunch, and there's that uh, there's that thing just rolling on that roller. I don't know how long it's been there. Could be hours. Could, could be, be weeks. days, months, years. <laughs> could be any kind of number of things. But I grab it. Yeah. Now, now, I don't particularly like it, but I like it some way. Yeah. And I think that's the way you like fruitcake. Actually, that's not, that's not entirely true. Are, are you telling me you'll take any fruitcake that's put in front of you? Fruitcake is not the kind of thing that I, I crave. But yeah. it's the kind of thing that when I have, I'm very grateful that I had some fruitcake. I've only had like one or two fruitcakes in my life where I said, I cannot eat this. And that's usually because it's just, it was too hard and I was likely okay. to break a tooth. Let me try to re reword this. When you bite into the fruitcake. Yes. Are you like, ah. Oh. Oh God! This is, I can't. Uh, this, I, this is heaven. This is just absolute heaven. I have been waiting all year for this. It is finally Christmas time. I finally got a fruit cake. God, I can't believe I have to wait another three hundred and sixty days to, in order to get another one of these. Well, uh, by the sound of that, you make me feel uh, I'm, that it, perhaps I'm over dramatic when it comes to my love of fruit cake. But I don't think you are. See, this is my point. Are you like that? Well, when what gives you the impression that I would not? love fruitcake is it just because it's fruitcake or because only someone who's insane likes fruitcake well because i think fruitcake uh, for the most part most people would say mm, oh maybe most people are that way out of i think personally i think it's mostly a psychological thing if you can't identify fruit in a cake because they're square and they're dried out or like there's a green thing that you can't identify. What is that anyway? I think it's like a like a like a cherry. But cherry? a green one. I don't know how do they, they do. have green cherries or is that I, something they soak? I have in? never seen them in nature. It must be something they're soaked in. I really don't know. All, right. All I know it's dried fruit and I love it. When I have fruitcake, I'm going, God bless it, this is a damn fine fruitcake. But but is it something you'd be like, Yes, I need to have this all the time? If I had a healthy metabolism that could burn something like that off in the yeah. like in the blink of an eye, yeah, I'd want it more often. Well, I'm just saying, let's just But say I don't have that kind of metabolism and I know if I were eating fruit cakes all year round, uh, it would probably pack on an enormous amount of weight on my body. Turn on your suspense of disbelief just for one second here. Yes. If you were to eat the fruitcake, let's say fruitcake was available all year long. Right. Like it wasn't just a holiday thing. You can go buy a fruitcake just as easy as you could go buy a Suzy Q out there right now. So you go out. Would you buy a fruitcake once a week? Not a whole 
a big Ooh. one. I'm just saying, like even a even a snacky one. Would you buy a snacky one every week? It would be a consideration. See, this is what I'm talking about. I don't think you're as enthusiastic about the fruitcake as you are convincing yourself that you are. All right. Let me uh, give you a little uh, a little glimpse into uh, what goes on here, too. Uh, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, the Hawkman sent me a fruitcake. Mm-hmm. All right? Because I was talking about fruitcake, and he sent it. Now, anytime the guy sends me something, it's always my feeling that... Dude, don't you don't have to buy. I can get my own fruitcake. I could make my own fruitcake if I really wanted to. Save your money. Uh, you know, you go uh, buy a pony instead. He sent me a fruitcake, and I uh, I ripped into it right away. And you know what? It was delicious. Absolutely delicious. And it was one of those, you know, one of those factory made mm-hmm. uh, ones that looked like a like a like a like a like a rectangular uh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it looked like it could be like a like a leg to a table. Almost like it came out of like a processed machine, and then a blade cut it off. And yes, wrapped it up in a box. It was moist. It was delicious. There were all kinds of unidentifiable fruits inside. I loved it. But yet, would I have it every day? Only if it were offered. Hey, you know what? You just triggered another thing. Speaking of moist, we'll talk about <laughs> moist things coming up in the news later on. That word moist just got me there. Yeah, it gets a lot of people. But I, I, I don't think that you are fully committed to the fruitcake. I don't. I can't I'm not be. fully committed to these buffalo chicken roller bites. These things, if they went away tomorrow, I wouldn't be. Yeah. If fruitcake weren't invented tomorrow, would you be like, oh, my God, what, what can we do? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't be fully committed to it simply because of the, uh, the health ramifications of having constant fruitcake in my life. But given a choice... You know, would I rather have fruitcake or something that I really don't like? Like, say, beets? It's not even a fair fight. Fruitcake wins all day long. Well, now you're comparing fruitcakes to beets. Well that's, exa- well, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yes, but what if it was like fruitcake? What's another favorite dessert that you like around the holidays? Uh, I like pudding skin. Pudding? Okay. All right. It's my favorite part of the pudding. All right, let's say... Uh, pudding no longer came with the skin on top. It's skinless pudding. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Like, without the skin, it's the best part. It's like Jeffrey Dahmer showing up at the supermarket going, mm, nah, no, nah, I, I want the work. It's like it's like when you open up a, a can of, like, B&M baked beans. Yeah. You know, the best part of the whole thing is that big blob of fat that sits in the middle of the can. Oh, is it? I thought it was the talking dog that said, roll that beautiful bean footage. Well, that's Bush's beans. Oh, okay. And those are, sorry, those are high-quality beans. I'm mixing up my baked beans. Yeah, but the, the big blob of fat is yeah. always much bigger in the B&M than it is in the Bush's. Okay. Yeah. That's what she said. And, to, and when I was a kid, you know, eating the big blob of fat was yeah. like finding the prize in the box of a Cracker Jack Wait a box. Minute. You'd eat the, would you heat it up? You it's just, all, I'm not eating right out of the can. Of course I'm heating it up. It's delicious. And the blob of fat stays intact while you heat it up? Sure. Yes, or do you just not? It doesn't fall apart. Let's put it that way. Well, it's supposed to melt within the beans, isn't it? Uh, Not fully, no. No? But it's the best part. There's a chunk of fat inside the can of beans. It's like a, it's about the size of a very large, uh, like, Yahtzee dice. You know, one time for a video at the Mayflower Marathon as a joke. Yeah. We took a, a can of chicken noodle soup and I ate it right from the can. Yeah. It was actually not bad. 
If you're into sodium. <laughs> yeah. If you like having a big cup of salt there for ain't breakfast. nothing wrong with 2,000 grams of sodium in a single meal. In one bite. In just one bite. <laughs> it's like eating out of five guys. It's, <laughs> it's 623 at Rock 102. Status check. Looks like the big generator is seized up again. It's uh, 625 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. What's the matter? Just uh, responding to certain dignitaries throughout the area. Is and that, that's all I need to yeah. say. Oh, from what you were just uh, reading, what reading to me? I was just reading to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. Uh, let's see. Dan Brown can give you the uh, the forecast there. Uh, do you have anything to say or before you want to uh, Well, no, not really, other than uh, Scott Zolak coming up. We also got tickets to, uh, to Grunge Fest later on. And, you know, to, uh, you know, it is Veterans Day coming up. And uh, later on this morning, we'll talk to someone from the Easy Company Brewing Company, which oh. uh, got a pretty cool event coming up. And we will talk all about that around 8.50 this morning. All right. You ready I, to laugh? I am. All right. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's Classic Rock. So an Irish daughter hasn't been home for over five years. Right. Upon her return, her father cursed her heavily. Where you been all this time, child? Why you not write us? Not even a line. Why you not even call? Can't you not understand that you put you and your old mother through? And the girl crying replies, Daddy, I became a prostitute. And he says, you what? Get out of here, you shameless harlot, you sinner. You're a disgrace to this Catholic family. Okay, Dad, as you wish. I only came back to give Mom this luxurious fur coat. A title deed to a 10-bedroom mansion plus a $5 million savings certificate. And for me little brother, this gold Rolex. And for you, Daddy, a sparkling new Mercedes limited edition convertible that's parked outside plus a membership to the country club. And an invitation for you all to spend New Year's Eve on board my new yacht on the Riviera. And the father says, what was that they said you'd become? And the girl goes, a prostitute, Daddy. Oh, my goodness, you scared me half to death. I thought you said Protestant. Now come over here and give your big dad a hug. <laughs> you know, I get it? Because he thought, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of once prostitutes, he, once he so realized, much better. Once he realized the harlot was uh, funding his... Uh, Extracurricular activity. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. He knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He knew. Yeah. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Uh, there is a traffic alert. Roadhog Bliss Road in uh, Longmeadow is uh, is closed. A fire that severely damaged a house in Longmeadow Wednesday night reignited early this morning. Ooh. Longmeadow Fire Chief John Dearborn said that the fire at the home on Bliss Road was reported around 10.45 last night. Both people inside the home were able to make it out safely, but the house was a total loss. The fire reignited this morning, and East Longmeadow firefighters were called in to assist Longmeadow firefighters pouring more water onto the roof of the house Using a ladder truck, Bliss Road is uh, currently closed from Laurel Street to Oakwood Drive and Woolworth Street. So, oh wow! Well, that's a pretty he- hefty uh, way. The good news is they got out safely, but it's like an insult to injury. You've already lost your home, yet the fire reignites later on. I mean, that's uh, that's, that's like, crazy. That's God just like kind of yeah, throwing like, it right in there. Yeah, here's, here's a little bit more for you. Huh? <laughs> 
Anyway, um, the giant jar of mayo. I promised you I would talk about this. You know, I don't really understand this, and I don't yeah. uh, really know why it would be there in the first place. Kraft delivered a giant jar of its real mayo to Merriam-Webster in Springfield on Tuesday. But why? Why? They ask in Keith Morrison style on 22 News. According to the news release uh, sent to 22 News from David Prather of Zeno Group on behalf of Kraft Real Mayo, the unexpected delivery on Tuesday was an effort to make the word moist Merriam-Webster's word of the year. According to Urban Dictionary, the word moist has a bad rap, which says it's a word people pretend to hate because the Internet told them to. Kraft wants to bring awareness to the word moist is actually delicious, smooth, and luscious, just like real Kraft mayo. I think it's funny. It's to lighten up the mood, said Shyla Owens of Springfield. The jar uh, and the stand stands at over eight feet tall and will be outside Merriam-Webster's headquarters until tomorrow. It is uh, made with reinforced steel and filled with hundreds of pounds of sandbags and not actual mayo. So there's nothing moist about it. No, it'd be dry as a bone. Uh, on the back of the jar, outside Merriam-Webster's headquarters in uh, Federal Street in Springfield, it reads, Dear Dictionary Gatekeepers, here is a 2023-pound jar of Kraft Real Mayo, AS, a.k.a. the Moist Maker, a.k.a. the Moistiest. For years, we've watched moist be degraded by the Internet, the media deeming it universally hated. We won't let this slander go on any longer. Our mayo is indisputable evidence that moist is a great word and that every meal is better moist. Since you've done nothing to redeem its true meaning, we'll keep searching moist and hack your competition. With America's help, we'll make moist your word of the year. Moistly craft real mayo. You know what this sounds like? What? A shameless publicity stunt. Oh, just like SunMade would come and say, we're not making, uh, we don't want anybody using our dried fruit to make fruitcake anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree, uh, you know, that moist gets a bad rap. I don't have a real problem with the... Uh, with the word, I know, but I don't like, uh, for example, a, a dry tuna fish sandwich. Oh, yeah. I like my tuna to have some moisture. We have a we have a mutual friend uh, that I went to his house for Thanksgiving yeah. uh, four or five years ago. And uh, my kids got word from me, of course. I was like, he doesn't like the word moist hippopotamus or blue jeans. So I had my kids shout nothing at him for minutes Moist, hippopotamus, and blue jeans. Three right. different words that make him cringe. Let me let me ask you a question. Here. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. A lot of people don't like the word moist. Okay, right. I get it. It You know, it's, that's not news. But what the hell's wrong with hippopotamus or blue jeans? I don't know. He doesn't like those words. Hippopotamus. What's the... It, it is what it is. It's a, like the hung, what, hungry, hungry hippos would never be seen in his home. That, I, what kind of pants does he normally wear? Just jeans? I never liked the word. Dickies? Chinos? That was the one. That's the word I never liked. Chinos. Right. That's, that's what my mom would uh, would say to my dad. You want me to iron you a pair of chinos for work tomorrow? I remember my mom saying, would you like to, for, for back to school, would you like a pair of dickies? I'm like, I'm not going to go to school with a pair of dickies. You know That's what? like asking for trouble. 
clicking off these little memories in the head. Not only did we have the chinos that my mom had to iron for my dad, but she had to take all the snot rags out of the pants when she was washing them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That was, that's, dis- a handkerchief is disgusting. I don't know why we went so long with them. I mean, I realize that tissues probably are a, a relatively recent invention, but yeah, wh- I mean, when- blowing your nose into a piece of fabric. That was gross. And keeping it for a later time, that's, I mean, that's awful. And then having your wife fish it out of your pocket to do your laundry at night, that's disgusting. No wonder the divorce rate went up so fast in the 60s. I, you know, for all the things, my parents had all the marital problems all divorced couples had, but they never got divorced. Because they stayed together for the children. Think about it. Disgusting uh, pants filled with uh, snot rags uh, that you need to wash every day. You got a guy with a chemical dependency problem. (laughs) You got uh, five kids who are just unruly children. Most people would get divorced in that situation. No, no. They stayed together. Yeah. Listen, you can't have dysfunction without some level of function. You know what it was? It was that old Catholic hard line. Oh, no yeah. matter what happens to you, you're going to suffer through it, and you're going to like it. Because that's what being a Catholic is all about. I was just it's wa- all about the suffering. I was just watching uh, Nate Bergazzi. Have you ever seen him? Yeah, his stand-up? he's great. Freaking hilarious. And he was talking about uh, the movie the, the Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis and how he about... We were con- we had to wait till the end of the movie to find out that this guy was just talk- talking to his wife and she wasn't talking back to him because he was dead. But we totally believed the entire scenario that she just doesn't want to talk to him because that's the way marriage is. Like, <laughs> you can sit there and talk to somebody and they won't talk to you and yeah. talk back to you. That's that's believable. But uh, yeah, I um, I don't I, I don't know if I like these words or not. The moist. I get no problem with moist. Moist sometimes. This whole. Listen, you know, Duncan Hines for years sold their cakes based on how moist they would be. Yeah. You know what? Do you want to have a dry cake? I don't want to have a dry cake. I want to have a cake that's delicious and moist. Somewhere along the line, somebody. Moist was associated with something adult uh, related. Okay. And I think that's where people get skeeved out by it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to talk about it. Right. But where does hippopotamus and blue jeans fall on this spectrum? I don't know. He just, he's a weird guy. You think? Blue jeans, yeah. (laughs) That's how we got into it. We started talking about the Chino pants. Yeah. That's a... I always, I always have to like go back and listen to the show going, how the hell did we start talking about that and then end up talking about that? I don't know, but that's what makes this show it, so damn popular. It happens every day. It does. Every day. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, three people have been arrested in connection to the operation of an organized high-end brothel in the Boston area as well as in eastern Virginia. Why do I always find they're out franchising? About, yeah, he's like, why do I always find out about these things when they're closed? I know it's always too late. You know, when it, remember that for years that massage parlor over here in uh, in East Longmeadow, yeah, year after year would get busted by the DA until it finally got shut down and there's no massage parlor anymore. But I was like, why did I not know that was open? Would you have gone? You never know. Well, did you ever have like a like a like a muscle spasm, like a kinked neck, or like a oh yeah, like a I've bad had back? Mu- muscle spasm. 
in a certain location. Yeah. You know, that uh, can only be done in a certain way, uh, but better, you can do it by yourself, but it's better when it's done by another person. Was moisture involved? Yes. And it's it's not the coccyx. I know that, yeah, that's right, where, right. where well, you're going you, with You don't that. want those things to be sick. No, yeah, you don't want your coccyx to be sick. Who came up with that name? I don't know. Was there some, like, you know, like the immature... Uh, doctor guy writing like the, out the it's, book. It's like the same thing like with the, uh, the astronomer that found Uranus. Yeah, you gotta right. You gotta believe that guy had a hell of a sense of humor. Somebody sent me, I gotta look this up again, somebody sent me a whole list of real names of people, like sports stars, with weird names like Dick Trickle mm-hmm. and uh, Rusty... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I gotta go back and look at, look at all the names yeah. on there, but... There's some pretty uh, pretty weird named guys out there that were. Re- Remember uh, former baseball player Dickie Thon? No, I always thought that'd be great. Like uh, like if 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 Jerry Lewis had the Labor Day Dickie Thon, I mean, how much more money do you think he'd raise? Who? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh I'm trying. To, I was trying to think of something, but now I can't remember. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Dickie Thon story kind of usually stops people in their tracks. No, there was another name that I was trying to think of. I think it was it was Kuntz. It was K U N T Z. It was a real baseball player. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what his name was. I remember uh, there was one time. I think uh, uh, George Kuntz was playing for the Green Bay Packers, and they were playing against the Chicago Bears. And on the uh, on the roster for the Bears was Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. So I thought, uh, well, I want to talk about the game and reflect what's going on. So I've mentioned these two players, uh, you know, back to back, you know, you know, facing each other on the field. You, know, you have George Koontz, uh, Brian Cox, and yeah, listen, yeah, it was what it was. I told you about that girl I went to high school with in the track and field team. Her last name was Cox. Yeah, she did the long jump, and every time she jumped into the sand, <laughs> somebody would say, "Oh, the Cox is in the hole again." Cox in the hole. Oh, woo, gee, wow. Yeah. Well, it's it's field uh, track and field. I, is what I'm I, I am so glad I'm taking tomorrow off, so hey. the meeting after the show today won't have so much uh, relevance. You might be taking a little bit longer time off than you than just a day. A Sturbridge man. Uh, this is a horrible story. I don't. You know what? I'm not even going to go into that. That's a sad story. Uh, so we'll just end it there. Oh, perfect. We got to end it on the high note. I can't go into a dark story. <laughs> end it on the long jump. Yeah. There, yeah. Cox in the hole. That's what they used to say. <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing now. I don't. Probably finding a, a guy to marry with a less a less offensive name. Yes. Yes. Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wimpy or you know Mr. Weasel. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be cloudy with a high of 47. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 52. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 650, and Joe Walsh with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 52. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Get a load of this. Mayflower Marathon is 11 days away from today. Imagine that. That's crazy. 11 days. The 30th annual Mayflower Marathon returns for the three days prior to Thanksgiving. We're going to be broadcasting for 52 hours just outside the South End Market at MGM Springfield. That's the area right in front of the parking garage. From November 20th to uh, the 22nd, starting at uh, 6 a.m. on that Monday 
ending at 10 a.m. on that Wednesday. And our goal this year, you know, we kind of got a little big for our britches last year, mm-hmm. four trailers of non-perishable food donations plus cash, all of it going to the open pantry. But we need you to make that happen. So you can start your collection up now at, uh, at work or at school or at home, go around uh, your neighborhood or several other neighborhoods and donate online too at rock102.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors, including Capital Moving and Storage, Xfinity, Camping World of West Hatfield, Affordable Waste Solutions, Armand Trucking, MGM Springfield, and many more. Get all the details at rock102.com. 11 days away from the Mayflower Marathon on Rock 102. I hope they uh, they show up in bigger percentage numbers of population than the voting population showed up for Western Mass yesterday. Pretty, uh, I don't know if I said that correctly. But no, you, you know, did, you yeah. did. I mean, it's uh, you know, anytime you have an, uh, you know, an election day mm-hmm. where there's not a presidential election, yeah, you, you never get good voter turnout. Well, this article in Mass Live, though Springfield saw a heated battle for the mayor's office on the ballot Tuesday, voters didn't show up in droves. About 19% of registered voters went to the polls. How many do you normally have? Is it is it is like I never really paid attention. Well, it's 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 never that high, but you know, like I said yesterday, I'm glad I kept this uh, around. It's 155,000 people within the city of Springfield, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, the metro area is much bigger obviously. But of that 155,000, there's only 73,000 registered voters, and you only had 21,000 vote on Tuesday. So when you think about that, 21,000 people are making the decisions for 155,000 citizens of Springfield that couldn't be bothered to either be registered to vote or to go out to the polls and vote. But that's no different than a presidential election. You got 400 million people living in the United States, and only 180 uh, 180 million of them are registered voters. Yeah. So really, less than half the population and even less than half of those registered voters decide the fate oh, for the country. It's it's a it's a terrible turnout, but yeah. more people will show up if there's a national election to deal with than if it's just like a local, you know, election. People yeah. never come out for that, even no matter how heated or uh, heavily debated those candidates uh, may be. In some of the Pioneer Valley's largest communities, turnout ranged from 17 to 33 percent of registered voters. Turnout uh, tended to be higher for those with the, the mayoral races. Uh, socioeconomic status also plays a role, said Dean Robinson, U- UMass Chair of Political Science Department. Voter turnout in the U.S. continues to be skewed by socio socioeconomic status. More money, education, and the frequency of elections predicts the likelihood of political engagement. See, that's the that's the thing people were complaining about uh, at the presidential election. You're driving people to the polls? You're busing them? Yes, because they have a right to vote. And they might not be able to get there otherwise. They might not be able to get there otherwise, and they might live too far away from a polling place. Now, just because you have a car and all this other stuff, that doesn't necessarily mean you're the only one that's allowed to vote. Right. You know, so that's, I can see where that well, comes I th- in. Well, obviously, I think the argument is that, you know, by giving you a ride, you know, what's what's involved in that? Does that mean that you, in order to get the ride, you have to be supporting of a particular candidate? Is no. there any influence that goes on in that in that transportation? Uh, I knew, I, I knew somebody who worked at an organization that did this that organized the bus trips for like the big election days and stuff right there's no there's no there's no uh endorsing of anything good it's just a bus that takes you to a polling place it has no 
There's no like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, this bus is brought to you by Richie Neal. You know, it's not it's not like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a bus. It's run by a community organization. The problem is people who I would think on the lower end of, you know, if you're talking about socioeconomic status, the people on the lower end of the economy could care less about voting. Because what True. But you know, but here's, this what ma- this is what makes that story so believable about the prize of the ten dollars and the fish sandwich. Sure. Because but, you, but the thing is if you've got so if you've got for example in Springfield, seventy three thousand registered voters and only twenty one thousand voted, which means that fifty five thousand decided not to get involved and not vote. Mm-hmm. Socioeconomic uh, situations aside, you still have fifty five thousand pe- registered voters that didn't go. But is this because voting is on a Tuesday and not like on a Saturday or something where there's another day where more people are available to come out and vote? I think that's designed that way so people don't come out. Maybe. Maybe. Because you'll never have 100% participation in any election. Right. I mean, unless, of course, it's a it's a mandatory thing, say, like in a some sort of a dictatorship, which we are currently not in. But nevertheless... Pretty, uh, pretty poor showing by uh, by the voters of our area. It's uh, Northampton had 24% of registered voters cast ballot on Tuesday. And I'm sure they're very satisfied with that. And that was according to uh, city clerk Pamela Powers. That sounds like a like a comic book character. It does sound like a comic book character. Pamela Powers. Yeah, but someone involved in elections yeah. called Powers. Yeah. That's like that? an ice cream salesman named Cone. You just blew my mind. Exactly what I did. Spinning like a top. See? Yeah. That's what I do to people. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. We got to. It's 657 on Rock 102. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I would like to take a moment to talk about something that I find rather hard to speak about in a public forum, such as this. Over the last several hours, I've struggled to find the right words in which to express my feelings in this difficult situation, but I'm going to try to do my best for you. Folks, the Boston Celtics have now lost their second straight game in a row. Last night, after a devastating loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Celtics have now lost lost yet again, this time at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers, 103-106. These are troubling developments for sure. Celtics have not lost two games in a row since last season, and that ended months ago. Today, the Celtics have officially lost their vice-like grip on first place in the Eastern Conference, now tied with Philadelphia for second place, who must be feeling pretty cocky with themselves right about now. And yet, despite the devastation of this two-game losing streak, Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla was quoted last night as saying that in spite of the loss, quote, this is one of our better-played games from an execution and mindset standpoint. Well... Is he right? Was this one of their better games of the season? I mean, Porzingis had 29 points. Jason Tatum held to 16 points, but covered up with 15 rebounds, 6 assists, and uh, 3 steals against the Sixers. According to Missoula, quote, I thought we played the right way. We had well-balanced scoring. I thought we executed. I thought we connected on the defensive end of the floor. It's really two good teams playing basketball. Now, I'm no head coach of a legendary basketball franchise. I'm just a dumb radio guy who tells fart jokes for a living, but it seems to me that the object of playing basketball is to score more points than the other guys, and that looking great isn't nearly as important as looking better than the team you're playing against. Call me crazy, 
But I have been operating under the apparent false assumption that scoring buckets is a primary objective in basketball. Thankfully, the Celtics are back home tomorrow night against Brooklyn, and those guys can barely score points against anybody. And with any luck, it'll stay that way as Boston tries to pick up the pieces of their shattered dominance and damaged mystique. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Craftsman hand tools have a lifetime warranty. Craftsman hand tool sets on sale now for 15 bucks at Rocky's. A crescent wrench set, a socket set, 15 bucks at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-Eleven and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Looking at, uh, well, it's sleeting outside right now, even though the weather says cloudy today. There's sleet happening right now outside. I mean, it's like it's... Yeah, I mean the uh, the forecast doesn't call for rain. No, but you know how that goes. Well, uh, anyway, there's sleet outside right now. Uh, I don't know when that's going to end. High of 47 today. Tomorrow it says cloudy, but who knows? 52 for a high. It's 37 right now in downtown Springfield. Have you ever uh, get somebody's number for the first time and then you text them? Yeah. Do you get like that sigh sigh of relief when you see the blue bubble pop up from their iPhone? You know what I am, um, or the three little dots. The, the, I the the three dots. I get mm-hmm. excited about the three dots, mm-hmm. knowing that something's gonna come. Yeah, I have never really kind of spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the blue and what the green mean. I know one means that the they don't have an iPhone like me. I know one means that they do have an iPhone like me. I just don't know which one is which. No, the green when when it comes up green. Yeah, that means they have an Android or. Something that's not an iMessage thing. I see. Uh, and what what Apple Apple is pretty much allowed to do whatever the hell they want here in the United States, <clears throat> but in the in the European Union or in the European Union's eyes anyway, yeah. they are not. They just passed that thing not too long ago where they're requiring all Apple products to be compatible with USB C charging cords, which I think makes total sense. Of course, but now you know, obviously Apple. Apple's very good at cornering the market on things that they know would be only exclusive to their product, making you seem more elite somehow. Well, you are. Are you really? Yeah, you're a better person by buying Apple products. The only, I mean, the only reason why I did it was because I, I kind of have like learned on Apple products. You know, growing up, I had an iPod. I had, and then I eventually went to the, you know, the touchscreen thing, and then the, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, and then the computer and whatnot. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had an Android phone many, many years ago, and uh, it sucked. Yeah. So I never went back. So then I bought an Apple phone after a bunch of people. Uh, I bought an iPhone after a bunch of people said, "Well, you know, what? you you gotta buy, it. you gotta go Apple because they just work." Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, what, 15 years ago? Now you buy uh, an iPhone and you say, how come this thing doesn't work? I, I do have, a like, a sense of comfort with it. When I try to use it, you know, like a, an Android-type device, Yeah. I, it's like I'm, I'm trying to learn a foreign language. What does this button do? How come I can't go back? Right. What, what's the deal? But the Google sent a letter to the European regulators asking them to free up Apple's iMessage for all platforms, according to a report for, from the Financial Times on Wednesday. It is kind of annoying. Like, if you're in a group text, if everybody has iMessage, 
it's yeah. really cool because you can do all these like you know uh, emojis and pictures and all that stuff. Right. Or you can like something like that, like that, like that emoji of the big eggplant. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. I use it all the time. Yeah, and then uh, but if you're on a group text and somebody likes something, then everybody on that Android goes. Steve liked that you said that. Oh, you know, that, that kind of so thing. So unnecessary. Anyway, the EU Commission said Apple is gatekeeping iMessage in September, and Google's letter unnecessarily chimes in to say, we agree. <laughs> European regulators are currently investigating whether Apple should be required to comply with the Digital Markets Act, which would force iMessage to be seamlessly compatible with all messaging platforms such as Android and WhatsApp. A Google senior vice president and other telecom executives claim that Apple services meet the thresholds of the act and should be regulated to benefit European consumers and businesses in a letter seen by Financial Times reporters. I think this is a horrible idea. How come? Because mostly the ones, people who ask you to use WhatsApp and all that stuff, Yeah. most of the ones I've seen people asking to use that are scammers. Yes, of course. Right. So now you're opening yourself up to a whole new realm of scamming going on. Right. And that you can't usually you'd be able to tell if somebody had the Apple phone just by the blue bubble and now you wouldn't be able to. I think anytime you're being asked to use a secondary messaging program for any Mm -hmm. possible reason, it's a I don't trust it. I can't trust it. No. If anyone tells me, oh, what's your WhatsApp handle? (laughs) Listen, I got enough on my phone i don't need one of those well i mean i have friends who have all the platforms that you can message them on yeah you know uh, even spotify you can message people on that if you really wanted to why would you want to i don't know maybe you're really into music i didn't realize my playlist is like public like all my playlist i have you to can shut s- that off yeah you can set it to private yeah yeah, yeah i don't know why can you individually do that you or can set it-, it to not only public but you can also set it to a collaborative uh you know, setting where people can add to your playlist. Oh well, uh, if you see my uh, my name Rusty Kuntz on uh, on Spotify, right there, you can find out all the music I listen. Well, that's to. how about that? How about that? Yeah, I don't. You know, to me, it's like uh, you, you. So Apple always has this real proprietary, uh, you know, philosophy about all their products. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you can't use you know any any uh, you, you know PC or you know, Android stuff on, on an iPhone, but if, on an iPhone, you can use all of their stuff. It's like, well, how is that even remotely fair? No, it, it's not fair at all, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, and while Google chimed in on Apple's anti-competitive practices, it's also under the regulator's magnifying glass. The Digital Markets Act designates Google Play, Google Maps, Chrome, and more services as gatekeepers as well. The search giant also faces its own platter of antitrust lawsuits here in the United States. They're fighting this big one over privacy laws right now mm. and how much privacy has been compromised right. because Google said, you know what? We could just make money by selling all this data to people. No one has to know. Yeah, and uh, it, it, isn't it comforting when, uh, say, like an ad on Amazon shows up after you've just had a conversation about the very same thing? Right. Uh, Isn't that kind of nice? Isn't that convenient to have that option? It is very convenient to have that. Apple has previously stated uh, that iMessage does not constitute an important gateway due to its small scale relative to other messaging services. The number of iMessage users was estimated to be at 1.3 billion in 2022, whereas WhatsApp had 2.4 billion users in the same year. But that doesn't necessarily match up to people who have phones. 2.4... That could just be 
person who has that app on their phone sure. to begin with. Right. Right? Uh, consumers today have an access to a wide variety of messaging apps and often use many at once, which reflects how easy it is to switch between them, said Apple in the same statement. Consumers today have access to a wide variety of messaging apps and many, and often uh, use many at once, which reflects how easy it is to switch between them. You know what else I found out from reading this article? When you send like an Apple video to somebody with an Android phone, yeah, it's almost depixelized on purpose. You ever get like a like a grainy video? Yeah, it's almost because it's like uh, it's like when you used to record things on a cassette tape and then record from that cassette tape and then record from that cassette tape and you lose, lose the generation like generations yeah. every time. It's the same kind of thing. Apple is just forcing that to happen. Because they want you to use their product to see how great it is, how good the video looks. But, but the reality is, if you're if you're used to an Android, mm-hmm. you don't want to go to an Apple product. No, you, you, people use Android because they love them. That's why that's why they're not on Apple because sometimes it's just not the way people want to live their lives. I'm not a big fan of Android users. When I see that green bubble, I just start. Seething. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not a big fan of any of those people either. But I'm also becoming uh, less and less of a fan by people who are messaging me on Facebook all freaking day long. Well, that, that that comes with the job, my friend. And I think you 35 people know who you're who I'm talking about. 46. It's 46 <laughs> people. That's who it is. Yeah, but there's at least 15 people I don't mind. But uh, I'm kind of on Apple's side with this. I kind of like being part of that exclusive little club. Yeah, no, listen, the, the, the <laughs> exclusivity and, and excluding people is great. That's the American way. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to create more security problems to wipe away some of this, uh, you know, some of these uh, these measures, then you know what? You're only going to create bigger problems. Yeah, we're Apple. We're not Mr. Cooper. My my mortgage company that changed over and then had no no security protocols in place to tell whether it's you or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, man. I I yeah, I'm 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 sticking with Apple products. I'm going to have to upgrade my phone. Uh, you know, pretty soon. I and I heard somebody in the office yesterday say, and I quote, "I hate my iPhone 15." Yeah, I would never buy a brand new one. Like the new model. Anytime yeah. I buy one of this is uh, this is the eleven, and when I bought this, the thirteen was out. Yeah, this is this is an XS. This is uh, this is like uh, this is a relic. Yeah, it's almost a it's almost an ancient artifact by now. And you know, Marty said it uh, before too. Uh, they do this on purpose. Just when they come out with a new, you ever notice how your phone gets a little slower every time they come out with a new version of iOS or yeah, something like that? That's on purpose. If you just wait it out. You'll be all right, and it's true because even my kids use the old phones that I have. You know, the that's the hand me down. Yeah, you can use it as an iPod. You hand you hand you down a phone like that. If you just wait, you, they do it on purpose so you go out and buy more product. <laughs> but you don't have to buy the latest. You can always buy the. I always buy the version two behind that. Yeah, because there's always going to be problems with any new product. Listen, even with even with an XS, if I go up to like a 12, that's a massive upgrade for oh, a yeah, guy like yeah. me. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but I don't even know if that's supported anymore because now they're up to the 15. But doesn't it feel good when you finally buy that new thing? Like It's you the most have, exciting day of the year. When you get when you get a new iPhone, you got to put all the new stuff on there. you got to get all the settings right. 
the car. You just got a new car. Yeah. You're a sensible guy. You're not buying a new car every year. You you buy the car and you drive it until you don't, you know, it's it's not worth repairing anymore. Right. Doesn't it feel great, though, to be in a new car as opposed to being in a new oh. car every two years of on a lease or whatever like that? Yes. Because, yeah. well, and because I've spent so many years not having a car payment. Yeah, you know, it felt wonderful to get there, and you know now I got a car payment, but I've been saving money for all that time, so you know it's it's okay. But it's different than than having to. Oh, I'm I'm perpetually. You, you see those people who buy things all the time. Oh, I know they're always they're always under that kind of uh, that debt cycle. Are you really enjoying the product that you're getting, or are you just buying Dude. something new to avoid a major repair on the other thing that you were paying? For? <laughs> I actually love this truck. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, love it. Are you gonna? Let the air out and drive on the beach? No. Why not? Because <laughs> I don't want to have to put air back into the tires when I get off the beach. You know, I saw that down in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, I've you got that. stuck on the beach. They said it's like minimum like $400 just to get a tow truck out there to you, let alone whatever it's going to cost to take you off of there. The first time I was down yeah. there in the Outer Banks, I, you know, that's exactly what happened. We went to the, onto the beach with a cousin that, went, that had a big, massive truck. That yeah. thing was never going to get stuck. And you'd see like one... One car after another, you know, with people trying to push them through the sand. It's like, why are you even doing this? I know we're getting on another topic, but isn't that weird that why would somebody drive a vehicle out there? Like, they're driving regular cars. It's like it says four-wheel drive recommended. I can't understand why my Subaru is not four-wheeling right through this. Why is this 1983 Green Granada not going through? Why am I stuck in an upward slanted position like I'm going to the moon? It's 724 on Rock 102. 726 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown can give you the forecast because he's way better at it than I am. I told you it was going to be cloudy and it's already sleeting outside. Yeah, see, what is, so. You're so deceptive. What do I know? Uh, next week, in fact, next Thursday, you and I are going to be at White Lion Brewing here in uh, in Springfield. Pouring beers along with uh, some of your favorite Springfield Thunderbird players as we try to uh, raise funds for the uh, Open Pantry and the Mayflower Marathon. It's November 16th, 6 to 8. It's going to be a lot of fun. A portion of the profits uh, from the night from all Thunderboom burgers and Thunderboom drafts and cans will be donated to the Open Pantry. And then get a load of this. The Springfield Thunderbirds Foundation, which which owns the team, okay? It's that all the group of investors in the team. They will match all the donations made by White Lion. So, oh. for, so if you go, and you should, and you get the uh, Thunderboom burgers or the Thunderboom drafts, the Thunderbird uh, Foundation will match that. All right. That's unbelievable. That's awesome. That's awesome. So make sure you uh, join us next Thursday, the 16th, 6 to 8, at White Lion Brewing in downtown Springfield at Tower Square from Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. And by the way, yeah. uh, those uh, those shirts that uh, everyone's talking about? Yeah, the uh, Thunderbirds uh, Mayflower jerseys. Yes, those will be uh, sold uh, the following night at the, uh, the Thunderbirds game. Oh, okay. All right, so I believe the, that's the day we're going to sell them. I believe that's true. Yes, I was uh, under the impression we were going to do them elsewhere, but then that changed a couple of days ago. And I think you're right. I think it's only that game. Yeah, twenty bucks though, hell of a deal for a wicked cool shirt. It is a wicked cool shirt, and uh, there's already people who are like asking left and right, "Can I get one?" You're going to have to wait until that Mayflower Marathon game. Can I buy the one you're wearing? Well, that would leave me with no shirt. We get to write on that fan bony thing again, huh? Oh, we're definitely on the fan yeah. bony. Hey, uh, coming up in the news, will <laughs> Pumpkin Bear be euthanized? I don't know. 
<laughs> Never mind. What? I was going to say something and say, what's your Beth euthanasia story? Yeah, what's your Beth this- yeah, what's your Beth euthanasia story? <laughs> it's 729 Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert for... 732 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by uh, Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. Traffic alert. Road hug. Longmeadow Fire Department responded to a working house fire Wednesday night. The fire, which broke out on Bliss Road, was first reported Around 10.55 p.m., uh, when Western Mass news crews showed up to the scene, the fire was seen shooting violently out of the rear of the residence. Multiple fire engines were outside the premises with crews working to get the fire knocked down. They did knock it down, but then it reignited early this morning. So Ugh. Bliss Road is uh, closed. Uh, how come I had it on one? I don't know. Bliss Road. There's, there's a portion of it that's closed. So just don't go that way. Well, that's a uh, that's a very inconvenient closing. It is an inconvenient closing. I wish I had the exact details. I did last hour. Laurel to something or other. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Well, hey, happy I to. I appreciate. No problem. No problem. Uh, I'm reading the story this morning of the the homeless shelter up in uh, in Northampton. The homeless encampment? Yes. Uh, last winter, Terry Tree North was able to leave his tent at an encampment near Texas Road and stay at a Northampton shelter. This year, as the temperature continues to drop, North City doesn't know where he will go, as shelters are at or near capacity in Northampton and across the state. At the same time, as the blanket of falling f- uh, foliage has revealed the previously unseen tents near some resident's backyard, a new set of neighbors across the Mill River have added their voices to complain about the encampments on the dead-end street. Given the complaints, North said uh, he isn't sure whether he'll be forced to leave the encampment, which has been his home base for around two years. Yeah, home base. Texas Road homeless. Houseless. <laughs> right? Yes. I haven't uh, heard anything from a direct worker, and I don't see any signs up, so I'm not really sure what's going on. If they don't want us here, eh, maybe they should give us a place to stay. Uh, seems to me they have. Well... They did. Maybe it, you know, like why can't you just like you know you pull up stakes on your tent, go to some other part of town. You know, Look Park has got a lot of open see, space. See, this is the thing that gets me about this. I I have a lot of sympathy for somebody who can't afford things. Sure, somebody who can't afford things like you know I I get to feed my family every day, and I feel horrible for people who can't feed their families every day. So. We get involved in an organization like like the Open Pantry, and we run this big thing, and we try to do the best we can as our part of the community to try to do that. The people that don't, if you if you're getting help, and then you refuse that help, or you didn't follow through with the help to get you back on your feet, and now you're back at the homeless encampment, right? Whose issue is that? Is well, that the yeah. issue of the individual, or is it the issue of the person trying to trying it, to help them? It is, but you also have to consider that you know, there's a certain there's a certain element of pride that sometimes gets in the way of people asking for help. I understand that, but when somebody says, "Well, if they don't want to stay in here, they should just give us a place to stay," but 
I, I, is that just the mentality of somebody who's maybe uh, been on the streets so long that that that's how they feel about? I, I don't. Uh, I I couldn't tell you for sure, but I'm, I just know that you know there are some people where you know. And I'm not saying this to be insensitive about it. I'm I'm asking a legitimate question. No, it's a, it's there's nothing there's nothing wrong but asking the question, but I think it really varies from individual to individual. And I think there's a certain level of personal pride and uh that that people have where they they just are too I don't know if they're embarrassed to ask for help or it's just too hard for them to ask for help or you know there's just a lot of anxiety involved in in, in admitting that you that you need assistance. I mean, this is unfortunately why, you know, there are, there are so many resources for people and a lot of people don't take advantage of those resources because it's, it's almost an admission that life is not going great at this moment. And some people have a hard time you know, managing through that. Okay. But I'm not, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, you're living in a, in a tent down in somebody's backyard. Sure. We already know that it's not like you're admitting to anything that, oh, yeah, I'm having a hard time right now. We get it. That's why we've offered you the help, and we, we've offered you a place to stay. Yeah. We offered you meals and all that stuff. And then now you're back here going, hey, when's my place to stay for the winter coming up? Offering the stuff is one thing. Yeah. Accepting it can be very different. I know it's just I, 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 a, it's I, I, a just, frustrating. Uh, sure, because we all we would all love to be able to solve homelessness, but you know, you you there is a lot of factors that go into why someone is homeless, or you know whether or not a person is equipped to get out of that situation right. and stay there. A lot of people have their own self doubts and insecurities about that. Uh, providing housing has been an issue across the state. On November 1st, the Superior Court judge approved Governor Maura Healy's plan to limit the number of families in the state shelter to 7,500. Families seeking shelter will now be placed on a wait list before being given housing. The influx of new entrants, roughly half of whom are migrant families, has quickly overburdened the state's shelter system. The state has resorted to renting out shelter space in hotels and motels for houseless families. Okay. Well, the resources you had last year are no longer available because you've invited a bunch of other people to come and stay at those places too. Right. So, it's also a governmental problem because you're making these decisions. I'm just trying to get to the root of this. I know you are, Steve. I just yeah. don't know that uh, at seven thirty-eight in the morning we're not uh, going to be able to solve these problems. Yeah, you know, close to you know early November that we're going to get a real answer. Where's Hanson, Massachusetts? Hanson is South Shore by Whitman. And Rockland and Brockton and Middleborough, that area. Do you mbop while you're down there too? You like do not the, mbop. The Hanson brothers are from. I used to date a girl in Hanson. Did you? I did. Many years ago. One of the girls in Hanson you used to date? Oh no, there were quite a few girls in the town of Hanson. Oh no, I thought you meant in the band. No, those are all boys, men now. That was that. Uh, that was Quagmire when he was sitting around talking with the boys. He's like, yeah, I got that poster of that chick from Hanson in my bedroom. <laughs> and he's like, there are no chicks in Hanson. He's like, what? Yeah, they're all boys, Quagmire. What? what? The <laughs> albums, the posters, everything. Ah! Anyways, hey, Hanson. Uh, officials in Hanson are focusing on educating their residents on how to live with black bears after there was an uproar from community members regarding a decision to euthanize Pumpkin the Bear. Okay. Pumpkin the bear? The Hanson police said it was planning to euthanize the bear after it killed a goat and attacked another animal on November 2nd. However, officials weren't able to safely kill the bear at the time. Police told Mass Live they never hunted for the bear after the incident. 
It also hasn't been euthanized, and its future, quote, will be on a case-by-case basis based on the Bears' action to include the potential use of less-than-lethal rounds to discourage the bear. Instead, they're hoping to focus on educating the public about living with black bears, including hosting a webinar for residents. Should we? You know what? Why don't you have a webinar with, like, the executioner on one side and the people trying to save the bear on the other side? Well, don't the bears have a voice in this? They can't talk. Come on. You put, okay, you put the screen in mute. Mute? Yeah, you mute your screen. You know, the bears get on there. They get on their laptops. They, uh, you at least want to be a part of the discussion, even if you are even if you don't want to verbally participate. Oh, so then the bears are watching the TV and they're like, did that closed caption? I think that closed captioning's messed up. It said it was going to euthanize him. Is that, is that really what they're going to do? I had that background yeah. uh, before so they wouldn't realize I'm in the woods eating picnic baskets. Now look at me. I'm, I'm uh, in a fake library. Uh, the police chief, Michael Mishk, uh, said in the statement, if people would stop feeding it, we would not be having this issue. The handsome police department warmed about pumpkin in September along with other bears as he was, quote, snacking on a resident's fall decorations. He was eating a pumpkin, and that's how he got the name Pumpkin the Bear. Right. After a few bites of pumpkin, it was on to the neighbor's yard for some acorns. Officer Harrington helped shoo him back into the woods, police wrote. The department continued to update residents about pumpkining, included a photo of the bear. On Halloween, police stated the bear wasn't aggressive towards humans, but he has been known to go after small livestock, so please secure your goats and chickens. The Whitman Police Department warned community members to be cautious ahead of trick-or-treating that night due to bears and had additional police in town as a result As a result of that. Mm. And this bear's causing all kinds of problems. It yeah. sounds like he just wants some treats. Yeah, well... Great, but you know you can't have your kids uh, doing the trick or treating when there's bears out there. But he kills goats. He doesn't kill children, not kids. He right. kills other kids. Yeah, but sure. Kids. But you know, you know, a bear, uh, you know, if threatened or if there's food around, you, they're unpredictable. Um, unpredictable, but I don't think they need to be killed. No, but you, you ever try to reason with one? That, that This is what they do. They're just saying, like, when it has a bad interaction with humans, then it has to be killed. Yeah. It hasn't had a bad interaction with humans yet. It has bad interactions because it killed a goat. But like you said, that's what they do. They yeah, kill they're doing bear stuff. Yeah, they're not killing humans. If they were killing humans, I could see putting Pumpkin the Bear down for his one last final I just one last final pause, just as he's dipping into that last pumpkin seed. Poor, poor mm, pumpkin. Licking his little paws and bam! Filling him with lead. Nope, no more pumpkin. It's too bad. Pumpkin's dead. Poor pumpkin. A man was arrested for shooting fireworks at a helicopter. Is that wrong? Apparently it is. Now you tell well, me. This one's for shooting down police helicopters. I don't need, oh, th- I don't need that yet. <laughs> this happened in Georgia last month. The man lives near a 12-acre wedding venue, which includes a helicopter pad in the middle of a large pond. It's common for weddings to end with a chopper whisking the newlyweds away to their honeymoon. That has to be annoying living near. Oh, I would think so. Every weekend, another one come flying through here. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you'll make it just like the other 10,000 couples that came through here before. Not one of them crashed, though. Taken off. 
This man has had a beef with the wedding venue for 15 years, and he was known to local authorities, but he took things a little too far this time. When he shot the firework, the bride and groom were on board the helicopter. Oh, my God. But it just missed it, and no one was hurt. The man was charged with terroristic threats and acts, and the venue had the guy arrested at least once before the disorderly conduct. So he's uh, he's really upset about this. Was the venue there when he moved in 15 years ago? Or is this a new venue? I think he was there before the venue opened up. Yeah, see. <clears throat> I I assume, like most towns, uh, there was probably some discussion with the planning board yeah. about whether or not this venue could open up in near a residential area. Yeah. Right? So yeah. did he uh, would he not participate in those uh, discussions at the time 15 years ago? You got a good point there. If you are uh, aware enough or are wealthy enough to choose where you live. Some yeah. people some people don't have that privilege of of choosing to where they live. They have to live in a busy area or whatever with noise. But would you choose to live next to a place that had a helicopter pad? I probably wouldn't buy a house there. No, I probably wouldn't. But you know, um I know a lot of people that live next to things that are very noisy. Train tracks, airports, what have you. Mhm. They get used to it, you and they, get, to the point where, like, they, it doesn't even phase them that there's a, there's a there are train tracks in their backyard. When, when I worked at the uh, in the rail yard, trains are so common because they're coming through there all the time. Yeah, you don't hear them. Like you, you it just if you focus on it, you could hear it, but it's in the background, so it it's just part of your environment. Every time yeah. I'm on, say, like uh, on a train to say, like from from New Haven to uh, New York, for example, yeah, and you see all the landfills and backyards of this great country, yeah, and you, you see all these houses, and they're like you know like 150 yards from the train tracks, and you just think about, it. God, can you imagine? Uh, living living there with the you know, like uh, you're living in a house that probably you know houses the bumpus hounds yeah right yeah, next yeah, to train right. tracks you know it seems like such a like a tough existence but i'm pretty sure if you ask those people uh would you like to move and get away with the train tracks you're like what train tracks we barely notice them yeah right you don't notice them because right? it just becomes part of your, your, your what you're used to you know i don't know man I would have a hard time getting used to it, but but then again, I wouldn't necessarily move like next to a golf course, or I wouldn't move like next door to like a like a theme park. Or, right, but or, some some people don't have that choice, though. Like yeah, I said like if you can't afford to live somewhere else, you know, people. I bet you people who live near prisons, their homes aren't very uh, valued very high. No, but even though the prisons, you know, no one's escaping from Alcatraz. Well, yeah, but even George Carlin used to say. Uh, What's so bad about living near a prison? If they escape, it's not like they're going to hang around. Yeah. Like, they're going to try to leave and go on a run somewhere. They don't want to go to the house next door. Yeah. I had a friend of mine that, had, that bought a house near an airport. Like, when I mean near an airport, I mean, planes are flying overhead. You could probably chuck a baseball and hit the plane. I mean, it's like they were that low well, over oh, this like, guy's like house. he's in the cell phone lot at Bradley. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh... Because the value of that house was so low, mm -hmm. it was a beautiful house. Yeah, next to this airport because you could afford to live there. Yeah, but like you know, thirty-five times a day, you you couldn't hear the television, you couldn't hear conversations because the planes were like right overhead. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. I don't think I could get used to it. But, but it's a twenty-five 
hundred square foot home that he got for like a song. Absolutely, you're looking to save money. Uh, it's going to be uh, rainy and sleet this morning, I guess, with a high of 47 for today. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 51. It is 36 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Our customers keep voting Manny's the... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 755 in Boston with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, sleeting right now and then uh, turning to mostly rain with a high of 47. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 51. It's 36 right now in downtown Springfield. All right, a couple of things I want to get to here, okay? First of all, I want to tell you that uh, the daily podcast goes up after every single show we do. And if you missed any part of the Bax and Nagel show, you can always go back and listen to it when it's convenient for you. It's brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast. Uh, my guest this week has been Tav Falco from the unapproachable Panther Burns. And then next week, this one's I'm really excited. I welcome back Roger Joseph Manning Jr. from the band Jellyfish. Now, you may not know anything about Jellyfish, but in 1993, they released what I believe is maybe the greatest power pop album ever released that everybody ignored called Spilt Milk. An unbelievable, brilliant record. But in the meantime, since that happened 30 years ago, Rogers played with uh, Roger Waters, Beck, Jay-Z, Morrissey, Johnny Cash, and many, many others. And he's got a brand new record out now. You'll be able to hear that Monday on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on rock102.com. That sounds great. It's great, and uh, if you don't know that record, uh, it is one worthy of checking out. It's it's astounding. Uh, Grunge Fest is coming to the Four Seasons by the Lake in Stafford, Connecticut on the 19th. Uh, Features Revelations, which is a Chris Cornell tribute band, along with Sage King and Rotten Apple. It's an Alice in Chains tribute. We happen to have a four-pack of tickets to that show. That can be yours uh, if you're the 10th caller at 293-1021. Headbangers Ball, man. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like a day of grunge tributes. I like grunge. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, you seem kind of grungy. Yeah. You kind of seem like the kind of guy that owns flannel, smokes clove cigarettes, uh, drinks an inordinate amount of coffee. Yeah, absolutely. That's me. That's yeah. me to a T. Do you wear like a like a knit cap in August? Uh, a knit cap in August, and I, uh, I'm i not really bald. I have uh, these major, major dreadlocks that I put up in my hair. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And then, uh, and then I uh, do. I have, carry a hacky sack with me everywhere I go. Yeah, a little yeah. backpack. Yeah. You're mostly filled with fruit and cigarettes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. I love grunge. Anyway, 10th caller right now at 293-1021. I like to have a chain on my wallet with only a dollar inside. And a bunch of weed inside yeah, of it. A bunch of, that's where you put your weed, man. It's got Zolak coming up in just a couple minutes on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812 and the Scorpions with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, sunny today. Uh, I'm sunny. It's cloudy. It's cloudy. I don't even know. I was, <laughs> looking, too, about I was looking too far ahead at next Monday. It's raining, uh, sleet, uh, all that stuff. 47 for a high today. Tomorrow, 51 for a high. It's 36 in downtown Springfield. You know, uh, it'd be great to be kind of talking about something a little bit more upbeat than Patriot football, but to do it anyway, on the phone with us right now is Scott Zolak. Good morning, Scott. How you doing? Morning, guys. How you doing again? Hey, weird question. Do you guys have the same playlist? I think uh, I've, I think I've, I've come on after uh, the Scorpions probably about seven of the last nine times. Oh no, we're unique to other parts of the country. <laughs> we don't play the same songs over and over again. No, not at all. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, usually uh, usually eight o'clock. It could be some other Scorpion song. We yeah. play at least two. Yeah, you might have played uh, it yeah, at sure, 7 o'clock. Old Van Halen, right? Yeah, right. You got that in Old Van Halen, right? 
That's listen. Uh, the trained monkeys that are doing this job, uh, you know, do it and do it well because they always give you things you can expect. Listen, Scott. Those computers are great. That's this, right. This weekend, <laughs> Scott. This weekend, you can discover the sound of music in Salzburg. Swim in the lake at Zell MC. Go hiking in the mountains of Kitzbühel and get to know the world's most famous castle, Neuwanstein. <laughs> or you can I, watch I, the I, Patriots I, collapse like the Berlin Wall. Which one are you gonna do? I got do? stuff to do over there. Yeah, I got stuff to do over there. I'm not doing a sightseeing thing. I'm not. I'm staying in my hotel. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not doing anything once I get over there. Yeah, eat wiener schnitzel and uh, brats. That's now, about it. Now, do you think that uh, you know when they told everybody that listen, we're gonna go to Germany this year, that they told uh, J C Jackson, hey, whatever you do, try to get to the hotel in time. Uh, what? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really understand how he's still here. You, you know, it's, it's you know multiple issues. Uh, with this player, not only here, but yeah, you know, when he went to the Chargers, and how he got released earlier in the year, we picked him up. Now, granted, it's on the cheap, but you make mistakes like that. Bill, you know, Bill in the past is really, you know, not giving guys that many strikes. And uh, but it tells you that hey, if he's still here in a week or two, it's like they need him. Yeah, penalize you, but we still need you. Well, this is—I mean, this is not a new rule. I mean, this didn't just you know pop up out of nowhere. This guy's been dealing with this rule probably since he was in college and playing road—you know—playing road games. You played absolutely 100%. You have a timeline. They give you the timeline. It's quite clear what time you need to be at the team hotel. And you know, I remember my playing days. You get there half hour early. Uh, you can't. You can't miss these things. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, it's like you, you know they kind of need him to be operating on a hundred percent. They kind of need him engaged in you know team activities. If you've been told, listen, we're all going to go on a plane, but you're going to stay home, so. You know, if you're going to go out uh, and get loaded at a Texas roadhouse or you know, whatever you're going to do up and down Route no 1, I mean, I, th- no, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, they've basically <laughs> – actually, you're kind of right. But uh, by, by not allowing him to go to, to Germany, I think what they've ultimately done is done him a favor. Uh, I guess you can look at it that way, too. I mean, the guy's got a lot of money in the bank. So $40 million guaranteed by the Chargers, so they're on the hook for that. Um, that's part of the problem too. When you make the money, you become somewhat empowered. Yeah. Um, yeah it takes special players. It's a lot of discipline. And right now he doesn't have that. So, uh, it, I, I don't know how you feel about going on these international yeah. games or on these international trips. To me, yeah. it'd be a, a major inconvenience for everybody involved. The fact that, you know, I'm going to have to wake up early on a Sunday to watch the game doesn't make me particularly happy. But on the other hand, as far as the players go, do they look forward to this, or is this no? Well, then why no. then why do it at all? That's what the league wants. They want to expand the game. They want super. They want a Super Bowl in London. Um, you know, I did the London trip twice when we went over. Yeah, um, that was probably the best. That was the best one because you know, being in London, you see the you really see the ornate architecture downtown. It's re- it's a really cool setting, and there's so much to see in London. But we went to Mexico City that one year. That was that was a pain in the rear. The traffic, um, just where you could and couldn't go. Uh, high security. Uh, I haven't seen Germany. I heard pretty good things. You know, Brady liked it over there. I've talked to him about it. But he played in Munich. We're playing in Frankfurt. Right. There's a lot of a lot of balls in the air here. But the problem is that the guys don't want to. Fl- you don't want to fly nine hours. You know, and you don't want to turn around and get on a plane. I know it's a bye weekend next week, but. We're coming back right after the game. You know, it's a lot of travel. Yeah, I was going to say, even after, even if with a bye week, the jet lag alone must be insane. And in that is it? Don't oh, you? I'm sure. 
I mean, I'm, after, I'm sure I'll be waking up next Wednesday thinking you guys will call me then, you know, instead of next <laughs> Thursday. I mean, after putting your heart and soul, I'm sorry, if you're a Patriot, half your heart and half your soul into a game, you know, uh, you want a little rest after that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah but I got to go right to work. I got to still do my show next week. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, players get some time off. They'll get probably five days off, you know, but they need it. They need it badly. You know, I, I want to ask you about uh, you know, the, the game against uh, Washington. I mean, he, you know, when you're watching a game like this and, and, and there's a possibility that they could get into field goal range, maybe tie this game yeah. up, maybe get it into overtime and win this thing, and then you see Mac Jones you know, throw an interception yeah, at, at the most crucial juncture of, of the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's not happy about it. I'm sure the players aren't happy. I'm sure Bill Belichick isn't happy about this. But when you're in a broadcast booth, how do you hold back and not – blow a gasket as, as a former quarterback yourself I don't. And, you, and you see the situation yeah. how do you even contain yourself because i would be blasting on a string of profanity about a mile and a half long yeah listen to my call from miami listen to the call from two weeks ago listen to the call from last week I'm, i i call it like it is and it's brutal i thought last week was rock bottom because you lost a team that pretty much waved the white flag traded their two best players on the team away which are defensive linemen and we still had issues moving the ball on them offensively um you know, he has nine interceptions on the year. That one, the Juju, wasn't his fault. Juju let it go right through his hands, was deflected. But the other eight were Max's fault, no question. And that they come at critical junctures of the game. And, you know, they don't have a margin for error. The team just have, has no margin for error. Those mistakes are killers. And so when you see something like that, having played at that level, having played under Bill Belichick, having been in situations where, you know, games can either be made or broken in, in seconds, it just... When you look at Mac play, I mean, are you yep. at the point now where you say we've given him enough time and opportunity to prove himself, and he just ain't getting it done? Are you at that point, or are you? Because I mean, there are some people who are still saying, "No, we still need to wait. Still in development. You know, still time in, in the uh, in, in the shoot here." But I mean, what do I you think? think? If, you, if you watch the league, you can tell he's not one of the top tier quarterbacks. That's that's a given, right? Yeah. You know, you watch that Buffalo uh, Cincinnati game the night after we lost the night game. And you're like, this is this, these teams are on different planets than we're on. It's a different stratosphere. I think there's a good enough sample size now to pretty much have an idea. You know, as you've indicated, the critical mistakes keep continuing, and uh, that's what that's the killer with Bill. If you make the same mistakes over and over again, that's when he has a problem. And I think he's got a problem. And that's why, like, when I. You know, when I watched a, a little bit of the uh, of the Houston game, and you saw like C.J. Stroud just blow things up, and he's a rookie and playing out of his out of his tr- out of his mind, you just go, "Oh my God, why couldn't yeah. we have gotten a guy like that?" I never thought that this August we did the preseason game and we saw the practices. He looked terrible. Like he looked terrible in the game. He didn't have any pocket presence. I looked at Bob Bob Sosi, my play by play guy. I'm like, "Wow, this guy's top pick." Um, I. And then they turn it around. Something clicks for him. And uh, credit to him because he did not look good in the preseason. He did yeah. not. There's a there's been a lot of uh, you know speculation uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks about you know Bill Belichick and what's going to happen here. And then I hear this rumor, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago that if he does not win in Germany against the Colts, then uh, a de- then a decision is going to be made to replace him. And my feeling about that is, listen. If we have to sit through all this horrible football, so should he. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, I, I, he. I find that rumor ridiculous. I find the rumor ridiculous. Let's put it that he's not getting fired. Uh, it, it, crafts don't operate that way. 
Um, Bill doesn't operate that way. Bill doesn't fire season. You know, Bill's been here what over twenty years. He never fires a coach in season. Now in the off season, you make adjustments, and I think it's one of those things. Hey, you wanted this. These are the players you picked. You got to ride it out. You're you're contracted to coach this team for the remainder of the year. What are you going to do? Elevate Joe Judge? You're going to elevate Mayo, who, who right. already knows what the problems are in this team, and you want to hand Mayo a bad football team, or you you want to allow him to draft who he wants to draft and, and start over and start fresh next year? That's He's not getting fired after this game. I don't, if, if they lose now, if they lose eighty to nothing, maybe maybe something to play. But I don't I don't foresee that. I think that's a ridiculous rumor. I don't I don't I don't see it either. But you know, maybe at the end of the season they they, they make a switch. But it's like that's different. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm also hearing a lot of rumors, and maybe you can address this if it's true or not. That you know, it appears as though you know Bill has lost the room. Like they're, they're the buy into that system, the buy into you know you know do your job yeah. and and all that. Like it's been it's been lost, and I don't know if it's because of these particular players, or if yeah. it's just you know losing just creates that kind of that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, losing 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 is contagious as much as winning is. And I've been on bad teams, I've been on good teams, but um, I don't see the drop in effort. Like I'm I'm not seeing guys dogging it. I just think it's a talent thing. I don't, I don't think he's losing a room. I just think that they're so outmatched from a personnel standpoint that it exposes them. And uh, it just shows you what they are. They're a 2-7 football team, and that's what that's what they are. It is what it is. Like, Bill says that, you know. Um, I don't think he's losing a room. I don't. So, when you got uh, this this game on Sunday against the Colts, I mean, yeah. how, you, how do you feel about this? I have no clue. Cause I, was, I don't know any of the logistics. We're supposed to get there really early. On Sunday, it's it's a it's an odd stadium. It's a really old stadium. It's been renovated, but they have like a tent on top that they pull on game day to cover the field. But the stadium's still open air, if you know what I mean. So it's yeah. still cold. Mm-hmm. We're going to be out like on a concourse on folded chairs calling the game. So this is not a normal from the booth game. Soccer is different over there, and it's not really built for American football. The stadium, but we'll make do with it. We'll have a good game. You make it. You make it sound like you're going to be in the middle of a tailgate party broadcasting the game. That's, that's what they kind of said we are, because Miami did it last week, and our, our broadcast crew keeps in touch with them. And it's not the best vantage point. It's a little odd. But, uh, yeah, they were happy to get out of there. They were there for the whole week. They went after. Oh, they went over last Monday. Thank God we're going over just Thursday night. Yeah, you and Bob should set up a grill, maybe like a fire pit, and you start burning logs while you're, uh, while well, you're there. Oh, uh, bratwurst on the grill, right? Yeah, there you go. Those are delicious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to Cumbies. I'm going to pick up two of those steak bombs here. I'm going to put them in my bag. I'll eat those all right, here's a, here's a joke for you. You can tell the boys while you're standing around uh, eating brats and drinking beer. You ready? What yeah. what did the German kid say when he pushed his brother off of a cliff? Look, Ma, no Hans. Get it? Yeah, you get it? Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the German people it. will welcome you. Oh yeah, they, yeah. they love. They got you a great what? sense of humor. You know what? If someone if someone drops the ball on Sunday, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, look, Ma, no Hans. Yeah, there you go. Look, Ma, no Hans. Yeah, all right, I'm gonna use that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, hey, listen, enjoy the trip. Uh, good luck. Hopefully, uh, you bring a win back, but uh, no one's holding their breath back home. <laughs> it's out of my control. I appreciate it, though, guys. We'll talk to you next Thursday. You I'm bet. Good. Scott Zolak with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> Rock 102's 30th annual Mayflower. 832 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by 413 Pro Tint for tinting in your vehicle, home, or business. Call 413 Pro Tint in Springfield today. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Uh, thank you, Bax. You're uh, welcome, Steve. Bl- I believe Bliss Road in Longmeadow is still closed. There was a house fire that started last night. It reignited early this morning, so there's a portion of Bliss Road in Longmeadow 
that uh, that is closed. The good news is that everybody got out of the house safely. Unfortunately, the house is yeah, all lost. It's all terrible. But, uh, but uh, just to avoid Bliss Road if you can this morning. You know, I always like uh, the uh, that song, uh, Reignited by Peaches and Herb. Because it feels so good. It, it doesn't really, but I'm just saying I always like the song. Reunited. Reignited. Uh, reignited? Is, I, like reu- it? I like reunited. I Are you re- sure? Yeah, it's reunited. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I feel stupid. Well, I always thought that Sanford, when they ever talk about kitchen fires, and the Sanford Townsend band says smoke from a kitchen fire. Yeah, that, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Distant, not kitchen. Oh, see, I guess we're both wrong. <laughs> we both look like idiots, don't we? A uh, Sturbridge man working, this is a horrible story, a Sturbridge man working as a subcontractor has died following an electrocution incident Tuesday morning. According to Cambridge police officers, officers were called to an AT&T facility on Ben Street in Cambridge for a report of a man who had been electrocuted. When crews arrived, they found the 44-year-old man from Sturbridge on the ground. He was taken to Mass General Hospital but died from his injuries. A preliminary investigation found that the man was working as a subcontractor at the facility. At the time of the incident, he was working on emergency lighting uh, on an emergency lighting conduit. The Middlesex District Attorney's Office, Cambridge Police, OSHA, uh, and other agencies are investigating the incident. Mm. That is... Uh, That's awful. It's awful, and it's like, <clears throat> it's one of those dangers of a job like that, to be an electrician. Like, yeah, you can make a lot of money being an electrician, but... You're also dealing with, with something that could kill you in a fraction of a second. Now, you can't uh, just yeah. peel yourself off of a uh, being electrocuted. Sometimes. No, you can't. And you know, that, and that's but that's why you know they they've earned the right to make that kind of cash. Yeah, I mean, what's yeah. the what's the most damaging thing that could happen here? Got to listen to you know Green Day twice in a day. I find it kind of funny when I see people like online looking for people. I'm looking for a reasonable, like like a reasonably priced priced plumber. Okay, it, they charge a lot of money because they're really good at what they do. Yeah, you can't really cheapen up on something like that. You know, or you shouldn't anyway. If I've got a broken toilet, okay, and yeah. it's yeah, and yeah, it, it ain't flushing, and uh, it needs a new wax seal, and it needs a new ball cock, needs whatever you need, right? I don't want the guy that's coming in on the cheap. I want a guy who's got prices that suggest that he's perhaps really good at his job. Does that mean I'm going to pay extra? Well, you know what? If I want that, uh, if I want that toilet humming right, you know, working the way it's supposed to work, yeah, I'm almost willing to pay a few bucks extra for good quality craftsmanship. You should. Yes. Same thing with electrical work. I mean, I realize you know money uh, money doesn't grow in trees. Uh, but I don't want to be flushing my money down the toilet either. If you hire somebody like that on the cheap, you know what I mean? Like somebody who do, who's not really qualified to really be doing electric, electrical work. Mm-hmm. Maybe they might just be a handyman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can wire that up for you. That might work for you for a little while, but there's a reason why those people Folks have those licenses and stuff to make yeah. things safe inside of your home so you don't have an electrical fire and things like that. Yes. Did you know, I just, uh, and it was on a TikTok video, so it must be true, that there's a fish-like smell before an electrical fire. Is if, that true? Before an electrical fire actually ignites. Yeah. The heating up of the conduits or whatever, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but something heating up. 
makes the smell of like a fish smell. That's how you know that you're about to have an electrical fire. And you should get out immediately. See, I thought that if you smell uh, the scent of fish, then you could get a $10 bill to get a fish sandwich in, uh, in place of your vote. What was that? Uh, smells like fish or something? I can't remember the whole thing. Oh, please look it up. Cologne, leave it alone. I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I don't, like I don't even know. I don't even know where that's going. Hey, uh, Kraft, I'll tell you where this is going. Kraft delivered a giant jar of its real mayo to Merriam-Webster in Springfield on Tuesday. But why? It's a good question. Why? According to a news release from David Prattner of the Zeno Group on behalf of Kraft Real Mayo, the unexpected delivery on Tuesday was an effort to make the word moist Merriam-Webster's word of the year. According to the Urban Dictionary, uh, the most the mo- the word moist has a bad rap, which uh, says it's a word people pretend to hate because the internet told them to. Kraft wants to bring awareness that the word moist is actually delicious, smooth, and luscious, just like Kraft Real Mayo. When you describe mayo as luscious, yeah, lost me there. You don't think it's luscious? Luscious. Luscious sounds more like, uh, I don't know, it might have uh, some other connotations to it. Hmm. Luscious. Ooh, that's luscious. You, you, don't like, you don't like the word luscious. I don't like the word luscious when it comes to describing mayonnaise. Hmm, yeah. No, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem, uh, per se, with the word moist. I mean, there's some things that I prefer to be moist. Like? Cakes. Like, um, like a Betty Crocker cake. A Betty Crocker cake. Uh, like Something. a, a uh, like a good platter of uh, a good pan of brownies. I don't want br- uh, you know dry brownies. I want my brownies to be moist. Some people like dry brownies, though. Although I don't like those kinds of people. They don't like you. No, I mean the the the, the words of the English language that I have the most problem with mm-hmm. are uh, words like uh, deductible. Uh, words like uh, you know, remit payment, you know, one of those kinds of things. Those oh, are the yeah. ones I've got the biggest problem with. Yeah, those those can really be take a toll on you. Yeah. W- what about uh, epitome? That doesn't really that doesn't uh, rub me the wrong way. Or orthogenerologist. What does that guy do? That's a term given to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. That's why they call them ENTs because nobody can say. Orthogenerologist. You know what's been bugging me lately? What? It's really got my uh, it's really got a a, a, a a bee in my bonnet. What? When people will say the word and re- pronounce it this way, literally, that's starting to drive me crazy. Literally, yes. Like Why I am literally moist. What is the? Well, that's disgusting. What is uh? What is? Why are they adding the R? I don't know. In there? I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know why they need to emphasize the word literally in their in their uh, in their conversation. I know, like certain uh, certain like accents from different parts of the country, they'll add things. My mother used to say "idea" all the time. Idea, that's yeah, like that's a, a regional like a, thing. It's like a New Jersey, New York thing. Idea. You sometimes hear that around here too. Yeah, I don't like that. Like pizzas. Let's go get some pizzas. I got a great idea. More pizzas. Yeah, who says that? What I don't is, know. That's a New England thing. Kind of. Pizzas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole. Uh, we got a lot of problems with our language up here. We do. We uh, There's a lot of yeah. different and things. And it literally drives me crazy every time I hear it. Does, does it really? It does. 
Well, maybe we should take some calls about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, this jar uh, and the stand stands over eight feet tall. You should go drive by the Miriam Webster place and see this big giant jar of mayo they got out there. How long is it supposed to be sticking around there? Till tomorrow. You only got one more day left, and it's going to be gone. Where does it go next? It probably goes back in the mail locker under M. You know that Aqua Pump commercial we were just listening to? Yes. And I say that about the when the well locker under W. That was inspired by my dad who used to when you used to ask for something. Hey dad, where's the salt? In the salt locker under S. <laughs> you know why? Because he didn't know where it was. Either. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, still yeah. funny though. Yeah, isn't it? It, was it really funny or is uh, that just one of those annoying dads? I things? literally laughed out loud. You literally when I heard. laughed. LOL'd. I was just talking to a friend this morning about emojis. Like, wouldn't it be better if you just spelled the emoji out? Shrug emoji. Yeah, right. You know, instead of or smiling face with crying eyes emoji. Yeah. Because you, you, have, you have you ever had Siri read your text? Yes. She will read that in that, that way. I want to know, you know, when we get really dark with the emojis, you know. It's funny to hear uh, Siri say... Uh, uh, eggplant, eggplant, eggplant yeah. spray. Yeah. Egg, I always like that one. Eggplant, peach emoji, peach emoji. <laughs> spray, spray, spray. Water, 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 water. Eggplant, water, water, right. water, water. Yeah. Because you want your eggplant to be moist. Yes, and that's what she says at the end. Literally. It's very moist, literally. <laughs> we should get Siri to say those things. We have a guest that we got to talk to soon. <laughs> Isn't it always great when the guests come into a conversation oh, like know, that? I know. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be rainy with a high of 47. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 51. 36 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Our customers keep voting Manny's the best appliance store. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 851 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, it is uh, going to be uh, cloudy today with some rain showers, high of 47. It's 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, this weekend is uh, Veterans Day, as many of you uh, should know by now. Uh, really cool event coming up uh, this weekend to uh, to kind of uh, bring a little bit of awareness to what's going on. It's also in a, a Veterans Memorial that uh, people are looking to raise funds for. On the phone this right now uh, from Easy Company Brewing is uh, is John DeVoy. How you doing, John? Good morning. Doing great. We, uh, You and I uh, were talking a couple weeks ago about, uh, first of all, about Easy Company Brewing, and uh, you let me sample a few. They were Each one of them was more delicious than the next. But the, the story behind what you guys are doing with Easy Company, I think it's just like a really cool story. Tell us a little bit about what, uh, what the company is all about. Yeah, um, so Easy Company Brewing was founded by um, me and a good buddy of mine, Jeff St. Jean. Um, about a year and a half ago, we launched it right here in Springfield. Uh, don't have an official um, tap room yet. You can find us at bars, restaurants, uh, package stores locally. And what we do is um, our mission is through the sale of our beer is donate 100% of our after-tax profits to um, charities that do good work for vets and first responders. Wow, that's a pretty amazing fundraising right there because a lot of people don't give more than like maybe 5 or 10% of a product. Yeah, no, no. what we did is we um, kind of modeled ourselves after uh, Newman's Own. If you, if you go to the supermarket and you see a, a bottle of salad dressing or the lemonade, it says 100% profits to, uh, to charities. 
we basically adopted that model, and what we're doing is, um, you know, focusing our profits. You know, after we pay our bills, we pay our taxes. Right. Um, we send whatever's left over to um, a foundation we set up called the Easy Company Foundation. And from there, those monies are sent to highly rated charities um, that give at least 85 cents on the dollar um, to help vets and first responders. You know, and the other uh, part, and this is absolutely true, and I don't know if you've ever uh, sampled this to know this for sure, but I'd rather have a frosty cold mug of Easy Company American Lager <laughs> than a frosty warm, lukewarm mug of, say, like uh, Newman's Ranch Dressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, both of them are moist. You know, from the- <laughs> yeah. literally, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, but I do, but I do think this is a, a, a remarkably cool idea. I mean, you're both veterans. I mean, you both you both served, yeah. but you know, to then to bring, but then to to give back to to veterans' causes and to charities, I think is really a very you know, novel idea and a really cool one. And 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 you're doing stuff this this weekend at the pizza shop in East Long Meadow. Tell us a little about uh, about the event. Yeah, yeah, we're we're teaming up. Um, uh, this the this Saturday five, starting at five p.m. Basically, what we're doing is just um, you know again raising awareness um, for veterans' causes, but more specifically um, for the new Veterans Memorial that's going to be um, built in front of the East Long Meadow Senior Center on North Main Street. So, what it is if you, if you come in for the evening, um, the pizza shop and Tony Giugio and his team they're going to be there to serve you our delicious beer. And what they've um, dedicated to do is dollar for dollar. If you come in, you, you buy some Easy Company beer, you know, pay six, seven bucks for it. They'll donate that exact amount to that charity. Oh, cool! So, That's awesome. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so come on in, come drink some Easy Company, come learn about the the Memorial Fund, come learn about Easy Company and our mission. Um, should be a fun event. Looking forward to, to seeing everybody. That's awesome. Awesome. Sounds like a great time. Very cool. Uh, this is John DeVoy from Easy Company Brewing. Yeah, they uh, they did a really nice article about uh, you guys in uh, in Business West. It's actually a really you know, well done story where they talk about you know what you guys do and about the mission and and how it's going. You've only been doing this for a little bit more than a year, but the company is growing pretty pretty steadily. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing your beer out in, in all kinds of places now. Yeah, no, it, it's it's great. So um, I guess the mission is just resonating with folks. So primarily you can find us, um, you know, just here in Western Massachusetts, but we'll, we'll be expanding to the rest of the state pretty soon. And it's, what's really remarkable is since we've launched, we've been getting calls from around the country. You know, hey, where can we find your beer? You know, we love uh, the mission. And more specifically, the name Easy Company. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with um, the Band of Brothers story sure. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a, um, a, a story... Uh, first, a, a book, um, and then made famous by the miniseries Band of Brothers, came out like 20 years ago. And it follows an elite um, airborne group through the, their battles in World War II, some of those famous battles in the European theater. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's actually become a very famous name. So that name, our mission seems to be resonating with folks. And uh, what we're doing is releasing beers in the order as to which Easy Company trained and fought in World War II you know, right through yeah. Europe. So pretty exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been great. We just teamed up with uh, Quality Beverage this past uh, summer, and, uh, you know, you're, you're finding some more and more bars and restaurants and package stores locally. I would also be remiss, John, if I didn't mention the other explosive uh, business you own, Hot Table, which is, uh, like, I think you've up to, what, 9 million locations now locally? Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, no, no that's, well, thank you for that. But no, we're we're at twelve. Actually, we just opened up a new location in West Springfield uh, two weeks ago. So we're real excited about that. Oh, cool! That's and, awesome. Uh, we got two, two more coming after that. So that's great. So again, uh, Saturday at uh, the Pizza Shop in East Long Meadow, you can help out Easy Company Brewing. Yeah. John Devoy, great to talk to you. Best of luck with uh, everything you're doing. Thank you so much, guys. Have a no great problem. day. You bet. It's eight fifty-seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. <laughs> 